This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome, I'm Martin Strong, and let's get right to the consumer news from the past week. The amount of cash that we'll be getting back from the government as part of the federal carbon price rebate is going up. The Liberal government has unveiled a rebrand of the federal carbon price rebate, previously known as the Climate Action Incentive Payment. Most Canadian families will get between $760 and $2,160 in carbon price rebates this year, depending on where they live. Of course, these hikes coincide with a hike in the carbon tax that will, among other things, add another 3.3 cents to a liter of gasoline. It's become kind of a divisive political issue. The conservatives argue that the tax just makes life less affordable. The liberals are pushing back. They say most Canadians get more money back through the rebates than they will pay through the carbon tax. Do you suffer from economic anxiety? Two-thirds of us do, according to a new survey of 1,500 Canadians done for the annual Can Trust Index. And fewer than a quarter of us have any faith in politicians or governments to fix big problems, such as making housing more affordable. Trust in Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has plummeted in the last 12 months, but Conservative leader Pierre Polyev and NDP leader Jagmeet Singh didn't fare much better. Newfoundland and Labrador is firing back after vacation rental company Verbo ran an ad during the Super Bowl that got a lot of people riled up. It showed travelers showing up to find their vacation rental is a dump. It's overrun by farm animals. And to make things worse, the music that's playing in the background is the song Eyes the By. You know that song, Eyes the By, that builds the boat. It's a traditional Newfoundland folk song, and it was actually honored by the Canadian Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2005. So don't make fun of it. Hours after Newfoundland's premier asked Verbo to pull the ad, the province posted their own ad featuring beautiful scenery, talking about how Eyes the By is a testament to the province's resilience, sense of community, history, and culture. Shares in the ride-hailing company Lyft jumped 62% after the closing bell this past Tuesday. Was that because they're such a great company offering good value for their customers? Nah, it was because there was a typo in the earnings release. It sent all the auto trading computer algorithms into a buying frenzy, up 62%. But once it was corrected, the shares came back down to earth, but not all the way down. The Lyft stock stayed more than 30% higher than the opening because even after the typo was fixed, their profits were actually pretty good, uh, more than expected. Lyft has long played second fiddle to Uber, which has recently expanded into food delivery. It's tough times for the body shop. That's the store that's been in pretty much every Canadian shopping mall since the 1980s. Well, this week, the body shop appointed insolvency administrators after years of financial struggles. They started with a single shop in England in 1976 and exploded from there to become one of the most recognizable retailers in the UK and North America. And a man who is often credited with inventing the Pop-Tart 
died this past week in Glen Arbor, Michigan. William Post was 96 years old. The Toaster Pastry debuted in 1964 in Cleveland, Ohio. His obituary says Post wouldn't take all the credit for the Pop-Tart, but would tell people he assembled an amazing team that developed Kellogg's concept of a toaster pastry that would last on the shelf and be delicious. That was a big part of its appeal that uh, it could sit on the shelf for a long time. It's actually an amazing story. And coming up later this hour, I'll tell you all about the backroom intrigue that led to Kellogg's beating Post cereals to be the first to bring the Pop-Tart to supermarket shelves. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And coming up next, it's a look at real estate with our friend Johnny Smartpoint. It's looking like things are picking up. We'll hear what's going on right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong, and it's time to talk real estate with someone who has his eyes and ears to the street. Johnny Smartpoint, John Carlson. You can always find him online at johnnysmartpoint.com. He works all over the lower mainland. He has sold more than a thousand properties in his long career. And uh, he's very excited about the spring season ahead. And he's with us now. Hi, John Carlson. How are you? Hello, Martin. I'm great. Hope you are as well. Good to be back. It's great. Now, I'm looking forward to talking about uh, what you have, uh, what you expect from this spring. And it sounds like things are already starting to pop. So we're going to talk about that. But first, I have kind of a special treat for you, John. I have someone on the line who you just worked with. Uh, It's a a lady named Carol, and she just sold a half duplex in Pitt Meadows. And I've got her on the line, and she's with us now. Hi, Carol. Yes. Hi, Martin. Nice to talk to you today. Nice to talk to you, too. You are a happy customer of John Carlson, and I understand you're a longtime listener to John and me on uh, Vancouver Consumer, which is great. Yes, I've been listening to CKNW's show on a Saturday afternoon for the past two or three years. Extremely impressed with all the testimonials from John's clients, and I knew if I ever needed anyone, Martin, to sell my home, I would definitely call him. Right. And you sold a half duplex in Pitt Meadows. And uh, what was the experience like? It sounds like you were pretty happy. Oh, very much so. Very much so. Uh, What I found, Martin, is that um, he was extremely uh, professional and knowledgeable. And my son and daughter were very impressed, too. And uh, also to add to this, he came across, uh, which is important to me, with a very warm heart. (laughs) Yes, I thought I'd just add that little bit in because to me it makes such a difference. Yeah. Well, you know, I hear that a lot from people because it's such a, it's an important thing selling your home. It's not like selling a car or, or, you know, selling other things. It's your home and you've lived in that home and it's a very emotional thing. And I hear from a lot of people that John, you know, became their friend. Yes, well, very much so, Martin. You know, uh, it was an absolute uh, pleasure to meet him. And he's extremely professional and knowledgeable and answered our questions and listened, which was uh, 
just a wonderful experience all round. Yeah. So, so what was the most challenging part uh, going in? What were you most uh, kind of concerned about? Well, of course, uh, uh, it was put on the market, Martin, last uh, September, the end of September. And, of course, heading into the fall, which can be a slow market, and, of course, the high interest rates, we were facing quite a challenge. But it was sold within five weeks, which I thought was fantastic. So very, very happy about that. Mm -hmm. And you got the price that you wanted. Yes, well, it's like anything, you know. I mean, uh, I didn't expect too much because I knew uh, it was sort of uh, a very bad time of the year. But uh, with uh, John's professional approach to it and uh, did very good advertising, and I have to mention all the beautiful photos that were taken of the property, it was very, very good indeed. I was very, very happy with it. Right. And I hear a lot of people say that John's a good listener. Very much so. Very much so indeed. Because, you know, as when you're selling a home, there's so many questions that need to be answered. And if I'm correct, I think he's got well over 30 years experience. So uh, it was a pleasure him explaining to my son and daughter as well. And uh, all around, um, I have to say, if anybody is uh, interested in selling their home, they definitely should give him a call. Right. And so you sold the half duplex. How long had you lived there? Eight years. Eight, Eight years. It was a brand new one from start. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. In Pitt Meadows. In Pitt Meadows. So what's the plan? Are you going to stay in Pitt Meadows? Yes. Well, um, actually, uh, what happened, actually, I, I lost my husband about four years ago. So... It was quite a large half a duplex, and so a good friends of mine were in a mobile home here in Pitt Meadows, and it was beautiful park, very well sought after. So, and I was very blessed to have actually um, been able to purchase one because what happens here when they do come on the market, they're quickly. Uh, taken up with family and friends. So here I am after a year now, or just, uh, yes, I moved in a year. But, um, yeah, very, very happy here. Beautiful community. Mm -hmm. Well, congratulations. And and if you're speaking, you kind of have made a pretty good case for John Carlson. But uh, if if you think the people are listening who are maybe thinking of selling their home and maybe they've lived in that home a long time and they're thinking of uh, they need a realtor, you know, what what would you tell them? Well, I, I think I've covered a lot. Uh, I honestly can't say enough. I have sold and bought homes over the years and uh, Nobody comes up to his standards, and that's what impressed me by your program that I've been listening to for two to three years now. So I knew in my heart he would be the guy that I would give him a call. But yes, in the past, I think uh, so many of the realtors, they sort of um, want you to sign immediately on the dotted line and uh, <laughs> not too interested in... Uh, sort of following up but um and not all of them of course i don't mean that negatively but um yeah i, I have to say it he really impressed my family and i very much yeah. so so um and you didn't feel rushed 
No, well, that was one of the very important things, you know. He would come round to, to the mobile home here and sit down and, you know, we'd have a nice conversation with the family and I and, uh, you know, take your time and if you want to continue this on, give me a call. So there was no pressure and that was very important to me, very important, so... Well, well, thanks for, so much for talking to us, and I, I wish you uh, all the luck on this new, uh, this new journey you're on, and uh, thanks for taking the time, Carol. We really appreciate it. Well, I very appreciate you having me on the program, like I said at the beginning, and, and uh, it's been a pleasure, absolute yeah. pleasure. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Uh, Carol just sold a half duplex in Pitt Meadows, thanks to John Carlson, and uh, we really appreciate your time. Thanks a lot, Carol. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye-bye for now. So very, very sweet. A nice testimonial there for you, John. Um, and uh, yeah, she seems so happy. And uh, uh, just this is somebody who's sold a lot of properties, bought and sold a lot of houses. And uh, it must be nice to hear that. You know, it, it is great to hear it. So, you know, thank you, Carol. Um, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. You might even be able to tell from my voice right now, I got a big smile on my face. And, you know, I will say that, you know, and Martin, I'm, you're not going to be surprised by this. Working with Carol was an absolute pleasure. Um, you know, Carol's an experienced business lady, um, you know, in all kinds of aspects. Uh, as she mentioned, she's had contact with other agents. And I'm just really honored that, that you know, that she worked with me. And Carol, if, you know, if you're, if you're still listening online, uh, you know, it was very uh, mutual. I, you know, I loved working with you and your family. And, you know, I think that what we did, Martin, is we put our heads together and we came up with a plan, uh, taking everything into account. What are the market conditions? What are the seller's options? What are the seller's preferences? And over time and a number of meetings and discussions, you know, we came up with, with um, you know, a plan. And I'm, I'm just glad that it, it worked out so well for her. So, Carol, I want to say thank you. Uh, in particular, that you mentioned that I wasn't a pushy salesperson. And, uh, you know, Martin, I don't have over 30 years experience. I'm in my 28th year, so I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> but, you know, I, I do remember when I was a newer agent, I used to work in the um, the mall kiosks. Are you familiar with those, Martin? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, you, they, you, they you would know. have all the listings up on, on the in the kiosk. That's right. And those were great opportunities to meet clients. And I'll never forget one day, and this was before, I mean, this is before cell phones. This is probably 96, 97, 98. I was a new agent and I had somewhere to go, but I didn't have a watch. And I was very uh, concerned to make sure I knew what time it was. And so as people would approach me, I, I would kind of stare at them intently because I was going to ask them. And I noticed that they walked away and they kind of just, you know, diverted and, and moved away. And it, after this happened for about 10 minutes, I realized, you know what? Nobody wants a salesperson who seems eager and pushy and, you know, has the hungry eyes and, and it looks like they're on the prowl. And, and that really stuck with me for a long time. So my philosophy, you know, this entire time in my career has been, I don't know, to be a kind of an anti-salesman, if you will. And by that, I mean, um, you know, not in real estate necessarily, but that negative connotation that people might have of a salesperson or someone who's just pen in hand, ready to make you sign. Uh, that's, the exact opposite of my approach. So currently, Martin, I've got a number of clients who, you know, are at various stages of the process. Some of them are saying, I just had a call from a past client yesterday saying, 
John, you know, we might not even sell till next spring, but, you know, we really love the experience with you. We want to talk to you about a strategy and how you think the market might look. And we might be moving out of town. And is it too early to discuss, you know, where we're going to go and how we're going to handle it? And of course, you know, I said, absolutely not. And I'm going to meet with them in the next week or so. Then I have other people who call me and say, hey, John, I've got an urgent need. This is an estate sale or we have a situation. We want to talk to you about getting this house on the market. And what can you do for me right now? So all kinds of different clients. But Carol, just the fact that you um, that you uh, you know appreciated the way we work together. I want you to know that at least as much I appreciate you. And uh, we had a great experience together. So just to hear your lovely voice on the radio telling the other listeners um, that I'm somebody you can trust is 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 a is a big deal to me. So once again, I just want to say thank you, and I'll be uh, seeing you again soon. Well, that's that's lovely, and I, I guess it's that rapport. It it's so important with with the client because you want to be on the same page. It's just crucial, isn't it? Well, it is. Yeah, it's it's a it's a people business first and foremost. Now, I'm going to add to that because. If I was just a touchy-feely guy that smiled and said nice things, you know, I don't think I'd be able to get the job done very well. There definitely is a harder side to the real estate business where, depending on the situation, a real estate agent needs to be able to give blunt advice to a client or needs to take a client's instructions. Let's say I have an offer on one of my listings and needs to be able to formulate uh, an argument or a response to an offer or to an objection that is direct and conveys the message properly and efficiently, uh, you know, to get a job done. So there's all of that sort of stuff too. But the main thing I think, and, and Carol, I think hinted at this is the skills of a salesperson, let's say a real estate agent. Um, and, you know, it's interesting, a couple of weeks from now, we're going to do a very interesting program about uh, some sales tactics that I'm going to give a peek into my mind in terms of my experience over the years. But this, the, the skill set of a real estate agent should always be used, uh, it, you know, in the following way, understanding the needs of the client, advising, and then when the client gives you instructions to use that for their benefit. It should never be used to try to, I don't know, to hurry people or manipulate people or to try to, you know, you know what I mean, Martin, get, get something yeah. signed quick and easy. So working with Carol was wonderful and I, I just feel great about it. Awesome. Uh, John Carlson is our guest, johnnysmartpoint.com. And our thanks to Carol, who just sold her half duplex in Pitt Meadows. If you want to get a hold of John, you can find him online, johnnysmartpoint.com. That phone number is 604-612-0080. And email is also good, john at johnnysmartpoint.com. Well, we just heard from a satisfied customer. And when we come back, we're going to talk to John about uh, what the market is looking like this spring. And uh, talking uh, before the show, it, it sounds like uh, spring, you know, might be popping a little bit. I'm already noticing the flowers coming out of the, the ground. And it seems like uh, there's some stuff popping in the real estate business as well. And we'll find out when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and we're talking real estate with Johnny SmartPoint, John Carlson, who you can find online, johnnysmartpoint.com. You can also send him an email at john at johnnysmartpoint.com. And if you have a question about real estate, buying, selling real estate that you would like answered on the show, uh, send him an email, john at johnnysmartpoint.com. 
There's two ends in Johnny, john at johnnysmartpoint.com. And I ask a question in an e- email and you may hear it right here on the show. And John, you were saying that uh, it's uh, kind of looking like an interesting spring. I'm already noticing the flowers popping up. Um, what are your thoughts on the real estate market in the lower mainland as we move into the spring? You know, a lot of positive energy, Martin. Um, again, coming off of last year and people being concerned about carrying costs and that sort of thing created, I think, a little bit of pent-up demand and, and people who might have maybe made a move or put their house on the market, they weren't quite sure. And 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 there was partly also because people thought, gee, if I sell, I don't have a whole lot of choice in terms of what I might look at as product, especially when we get into like October, November, December, because the listing counts were were way down. So you know, every market has its own little challenges and advantages. But looking forward, you know, of course, monetary policy is important. And as soon as the, you know, the the, the Bank of Canada announces that they're going to hold interest rates and a lot of economists say, hey, it's likely that maybe by the second and third quarter of this year, we might see a point or more drop off the interest rates. I think consumer confidence, you know, takes a boost. So one of the big conversations I'm having with people right now, you know, has to do with timing. Hey, John, we're going to we're going to go. We're going to list our place and we want it. This is what we want on the other side. Here's what we kind of want to do here. We originally talked in November and it seemed a little bit bleak. But what do you think? Should we list February? Should we list March? And, you know, what do you think about timing? So that's probably the, you know, the number one question I'm getting right now is timing and what do, what do the options look like waiting as opposed to acting now? Yeah. And I, I guess when you talk about timing, you often talk about meeting with clients and uh, who don't necessarily want to sell right away. But, you know, if you're talking about perhaps an interest rate cut in six months or something, it might be worth being ready. And I guess it's never too early to start the plan if you're selling something, right? Yeah, definitely start the plan. And if your timing is sometime in the next month or two or three, let's say, absolutely, you know, prepare the property. I mean, I, I'm getting down into some pretty basic fundamentals, but it, it you know, it's not always obvious to people. Um, you know, when I, here's another little anecdote. When I was um, uh, brand new in real estate and I was doing real estate training, I had a, a pretty dynamic trainer and I, I you know, he was well accomplished and um, you know had a lot of clever little quips and he and here's another thing that 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 really stood out to me you know he said his little saying was that's why they polish the apples at Safeway Johnny and I thought <laughs> you know that makes sense uh, because when I go to the, the you know the grocery store and I'm you know I don't a lot my wife does that more than I do but still I'm kind of picky Martin I'll I you know I'm kind of tall I got long arms and I'm prepared to reach way to the back you know to grab that apple that looks you know, particularly appealing compared to the others. And I think when it comes to real estate, that's a very simple analogy. Um, and, and so I sometimes tell people, we'll get into the introductory stage and they'll come through and they'll say, hey, well, you know, there's this is something I'm not thrilled about my house. Maybe it's the carpeting or maybe it's a, a paint color. And, you know, I give them my thoughts. Of course, I have professional stagers and all these things available as well. But in an introductory meeting, we might talk about something like that. Um, and And it makes sense to, work with what you have and make it better if you can do it in a cost-effective way on a timeline that you know meets your needs uh, but polishing an apple is not the same thing as uh, trying to make it an orange or a banana like sometimes <laughs> people will think they should make these major changes to try to attract a buyer that's maybe not even really the right kind of buyer for that property so as you say never too early to come up with a little plan 
uh, with the right plan, I should say, and do a little bit of work to polish that apple and make sure that when the time is right for you to sell, not only does your property look right, but the plan that you've got in place is 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 a well thought out plan that you can execute property be, properly because again right now at the spring we're in the kickoff months and everything is looking very favorable for the next few months uh, so being ready is important and that's you know that's where a good agent can sometimes step in and I'll add a good agent who is not uh, necessarily there uh, pen in hand and trying to say sign here and do this and do that it's kind of hey let's work together let's put our heads together like Carol and I did. Yeah. And, and like Carol, like a lot of the people I've talked to, your clients, they've commented on the presentation skills that you have. The photography is always top notch. And that kind of reminds me of a story you told, I think it was last year, about uh, a property you were looking at that they weren't ready to sell, but they were thinking about it. And you looked at the property and they had a swimming pool and it was the middle of the, or no, it was the summer. And uh, you were looking at the swimming pool and they weren't ready to sell, but you thought, you know what, I'm going to bring the photographer in, take a few photos of the pool just in case. And then by the winter, they were ready to sell and you had the photos of the pool in the summer because who wants to look at a pool in, the, in Vancouver in the winter? So I guess that's where planning comes in. No, that's a, that's a great one. Yeah. You know, actually that's, that's a great little story because it, it had the effect and, and, and that goes again towards preparation and, and working together with the client. Uh, I've actually done that on, on a number of occasions where uh, we've, we've done some, you know, because Hey, a swimming pool or, or sometimes the feature of a property just shows so much better in the spring. And I'll have, you know, sometimes the sellers give me pictures and say, Hey, here's what it looked like in the spring, but they're not really high enough quality for me to work with. But if I get the call early and I can go in and, and do some of these things and have preparation ready for when we are ready. I mean, it doesn't hurt. MLS is a very visual medium as you know, Martin, and you, you don't usually sell from the photos, but you need to attract an audience. And, and, you know, that, that's a very good point about, uh, uh, you know, about being prepared. And then let, let's face it, it, maybe you're looking at a strata property. Preparation on a strata property is different than a detached house because it's a very good idea for a listing agent to have things like, you know, rules, regulations, bylaws, financial statements, engineering reports, if there are any, uh, so that the, the agent has time to, to gather all that information. So first of all, I can present the listing properly. Uh, second of all, when inquiries come in and they say, hey, I've got two dogs, am I allowed to move in? I don't go, uh, mm, uh, I don't have strata documents. We've got everything ready. Um, so again, it really depends on the property. Another thing might be acreage. Acreage properties, I love working on acreage. Uh, you know, I grew up as a young kid on acreage. I've done uh, last year, uh, Surrey and uh, White Rock and Langley and Maple Ridge. Uh, Abbotsford, all these areas where you'll, you'll see acreage properties. And generally, I had a beautiful one in Mission that sold with a log home uh, just, just last summer. Uh, these kind of properties are really important to get ahead on because, uh, you know, things dry up. Right now, it's, you know, it's still a little bit dank out there. And even though we got a sunny day today, um, the grounds dry up. And, and, and when you're looking at an acreage, you know, cutting the grass, trimming the trees, uh, doing things in a seasonal way, maybe you've got a pond, a little... These sorts of things take some time, and the prime acreage season generally starts, I think, in about May, May, June, July, August, and September. The sun's out, uh, things are dry, things are blooming, and unlike, say, a condo where most of what you see is within four walls, acreage is really the opposite. You've got the house, uh, which has to appeal to a buyer as well, but oftentimes acreage people are more concerned about 
you know, the, the physical appearance of the property, the fact that it, you know, is maybe dry and serviced properly. Maybe they're concerned about uh, parking a big truck or building a garage or having horses. And so with an acreage property, I like to have a little bit more leeway on time to make sure we've got all these things covered. And uh, again, it all comes down to timing and having an experienced agent who can uh, have a plan that really makes sense on your timeline. So, so bottom line, you can never be too prepared and you can never be too early to start. And you can go and uh, talk to John Carlson at johnnysmartpoint.com. The phone number is 604-612-0080. Or uh, you can send him an email at john at johnnysmartpoint.com. And if you go to the website right now, uh, johnnysmartpoint.com. You can see uh, the new listings. You've got a new uh, a listing right now that looks pretty interesting. Yeah, I've got a great new um, condo listing in White Rock. And if you like ocean views, and who doesn't, um, this, this property uh, gives you that and one of the nicest renovations, interior renovations I've seen in, in many years in, in a condo. And this one, if you go to my website, uh, you know, it's, it's on Buena Vista Avenue. And interestingly, I worked with a seller um, on the third floor, the top floor, last uh, summer and fall. And that was a unit that needed a full renovation. It had been rented, but it had a great view. The interesting thing about this unit is it's number 205. So it's on the second floor, but it's on the southwest corner. So it's actually a better view than the top floor because as soon as you walk into the unit, it's an open plan and you can you get a view. So you open the door and you can already see the ocean. And as you walk through the unit, you have views to the front and views to the side, the bedroom, the kitchen, the way it wraps around in the living room. So it's it's just a it's just a great spot. The list price is eight hundred ninety thousand. It's a two bedroom, two bath, shows like a ten inside. And uh, we're having showings on it now. And quite frankly, you know, there's an offer that may or may not happen, uh, but it's probably not going to last too long. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're going to live in White Rock, you want to see the ocean. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. It looks great. So go to uh, johnnysmartpoint.com to check that out. And uh, John, you're going to be on in a couple of weeks and uh, you have kind of an interesting topic that people can hear in a couple of weeks. Well, you know what I thought I'd do for the listeners, um, talking to some of my clients um, and just, you know, conversation I've had, I thought it might be an interesting program two weeks from now to kind of cover, you know, what are you getting? What are you really getting when you hire a real estate agent? There's all different kinds of people. There's different levels of experience. There's different proficiency levels in every uh, profession. And, you know, along with that, what are you really getting? How can a, a good experienced agent make you money. In other words, maybe put tens of thousands of dollars in your pocket that maybe you might not have otherwise had. And I'm not going to spill all my secrets and all my toolkit, but I'm going to open up, you know, into the mindset of of my experience and maybe give a couple of examples or maybe a few of strategies that really resulted in, uh, you know, I'm talking 10, 50, even $100,000 uh, of, of additional sale price that may not have materialized had we tried different strategies. So I got a little bit of a toolkit, Martin, that I pack around. Uh, my clients are privy to a lot of it, um, but I'm going to give the listeners in a couple of weeks an insight to that and my thoughts on how to maximize sale price. Sounds good. That's coming up on Vancouver Consumer with John Carlson. You know him as Johnny Smart Point. JohnnySmartPoint.com is the website. You can send him an email at john at johnnysmartpoint.com. And on that show in a couple of weeks, if you have a question about real estate, send it to john at johnnysmartpoint.com in an email 
and uh, we may answer it right here on the show, Vancouver Consumers. So uh, I look forward to that. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Uh, John Carlson, uh, thanks for uh, taking the time. Thank you. Can't wait. And thank you, Carol, for, for, uh, for calling in. Appreciate it so much. Right on. John Carlson, Johnny Smartpoint. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And coming up, it's a saga of intrigue, backstabbing, and money. It's the story of the Pop-Tart. You might be surprised. That's coming up next. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. And at the top of the hour, I talked about the death of the man who invented the Pop-Tart. Back in 1964, he died earlier this week. It's kind of an interesting story. William Post was 96 years old, and it's ironic that his last name was Post because it was Post Serial, no relation to William Post, that actually had the initial idea for a Pop-Tart-type toaster pastry, but kind of squandered it. It's actually kind of an intriguing story from the high-stakes world of sugary breakfast foods. It was Post Cereals that really came up with the idea of the Pop-Tart first. Part of the problem was they didn't have a sexy name like the Pop-Tart. They had something they called the Country Square. <laughs> Country Squares were fruit-filled toaster pastries, usually frosted with a dry biscuit texture, innovatively packaged in foil for maximum shelf stability. You could just leave it on the shelf. And conveniently, you could put it in a toaster or not, depending on how you wanted it. Sound familiar? The problem was Post Serial announced the Country Square in early 1964, six months before they would be available in stores. I guess they wanted to create some buzz or something over this new food, which looked very delicious and intriguing in the ads that showed up in different magazines. And at the same time, Post also introduced a new upcoming cereal they had in the works called Bran and Prune Flakes. Once again, who was naming these things back then? Bran and prune flakes would prove not to be successful. Anyway, so Post told the world about the new country squares and the people at Kellogg's saw this and they thought they would get in on the action too. And since Post was six months away from getting their product to market, Kellogg's got to work. And that's where William Post comes in. William Post, who, as I say, didn't actually work for Post cereals, led the bakery plant that developed products for Kellogg's. They had to work fast. So Post gathered together a ragtag group of, I don't know, breakfast food inventors, and they got to work. And even William Post's kids were brought in to be the very first taste testers. Within four months, Kellogg's had a, uh, a product that they could release to market before Post Cereal would have their country squares in the store. All they needed was the name. And that's when Kellogg's had the brilliant idea for the name, and they came up with this now famous name, the Fruit Scone. Yeah, that's what it was actually called. Uh, the Pop-Tart was not called the Pop-Tart initially. It was the Fruit Scone, and it didn't exactly catch on. Nobody bought them. So they quickly pivoted. They changed the name to the Pop-Tart, and it took off. Now, this was 1964. According to a Kellogg spokesperson, Pop-Art 
was all the rage. Andy Warhol was huge. And so they thought it would capture the times. And it did. The effect was instant. Pop-Tarts flew off the shelves. In fact, the shipment sold out so quickly that Kellogg's ran magazine ads apologizing for the empty shelves, which of course only made people want them more. It's a crazy story full of breakfast food intrigue. And that's why comedian Jerry Seinfeld has produced, directed, and starred in a movie about the creation of the Pop-Tart. Sounds like I'm making this up, but it's true. Unfrosted, the Pop-Tart story will air on Netflix starting May 3rd. I think comedian Jim Gaffigan is also in it. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And coming up, climate change has officially gone too far. It's now affecting wine. I've got those stories along with all the other consumer news of the week when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.